Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast, Coming up on this episode, the rise and fall of Edouard Mendy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. Today, it's the 19th of May, which means it is 11 years ago on this very day that Chelsea won the Champions League title in Bayern's own backyard. And I'm joined in a virtual room filled with not only one of our regular lines in Ollie, but a very special guest, Lion. I mean, this is a man with over 120,000 followers on Twitter. He's got incredible insight into Chelsea FC. And he's just a top, top dude. It is Alex, but you will know him, listeners, as Chelsea Dodgers on Twitter. So how are you doing today, my man? That is a lot of expectations to live up to, mate, <laughs> that intro. I will, uh, I will hope to uh, maybe live up to that. We, we shall see. But no, um, yeah, delighted to, delighted to be on and thank you for inviting me as well. Oh, you're more than welcome. And how are you doing, Ollie? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm okay. Well, I'm not really the big star anymore. That's the... <laughs> oh, we, got, we got Alex on today. There's going to be a lot of focus uh, on on some of the very interesting things you've got to say, my dude. Uh, Alex is the sun, and you are more Pluto today, Ollie. Ah, so, lovely and cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. With before we kick off, we always ask what what everyone's looking forward to this weekend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Alex. What what are you got looking forward to this weekend? Could be football or anything at all. Well, looking at the fixture to this, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to the football. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, I think we, we play Sunday night. I think is it Sunday? Uh, night, yeah, it? Sunday four o'clock ish. I think. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not looking forward. To that. I'm glad that's at the end of the weekend. So uh, <laughs> um, get get that get that right at the end. And I, I was looking forward to F one, but they cancelled that as well. So oh yeah, <laughs> oh no, so, yeah, absolute nightmare on the sport in front of me. So I think yeah, unfortunately, we came with the girlfriend. Unfortunately. Oh, sports, well, sports can take a back seat. <laughs> um, what What about you, Ollie? What What have you got on the uh, on the agenda for this? Not much, really. You know, it's been a it's been a, a pretty hectic last few days at work. I was uh, I was working last night until uh, about half one in the morning. Then I had yeah. to get up at six for something this morning, and now I am very tired. Uh, I can imagine it's the weekend, so I think rest is probably on the cards for me. Bloody hell! I, I mean, for me, <laughs> for me, I'm, I'm heading to the cinema. I seem to be always heading to the cinema, but I'm going to see Fast Ten, or as I'm calling it, I'm going to call it Fast and Fast Ten. Your seatbelts. So that's um, that's some dreadful jokes, but it's like, fast oh. and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, football wise, we we do have some incredible games across Europe. Forget Chelsea. We're mm, it's going to be interesting that one. But we've got Bayern versus Leipzig. So that's a big title. You know, decide it's going to help Dortmund. Maybe you got keep, Napoli. Keep as well. Exactly. Keep an eye on the the next. The not has he signed? We'll recycle that with another tweet. <laughs> yes, uh, and yes, and no, and yes. Exactly. And, he's no. he's signing. He's signed. Just not official. Napoli take on Inter. Sevilla take on Betis, which is a huge derby. Sporting CP and Benfica, and of course. In the WSL, the Manchester Derby. There's so much football, and I'll probably only watch one of them games because I'll be procrastinating doing something or on YouTube, <laughs> just like oh, something. So yeah, it's a big weekend with a lot of games. So with that, we're going to hit some news. 
Right, it's that time of the week. We're going to check out the news that you may have missed, listeners, in the elevator of Chelsea News. Julian Nagelsmann's agent, Volker Struff, has claimed his client turned down Chelsea. Chelsea did not accept Nagelsmann's agent's version of events, though. Havertz and Mount were discussed internally at Bayern Munich, but the club have not followed up with any concrete steps as of now. Chelsea are close to kickstarting their multi-club project by buying a stake in Strasbourg. Chelsea target Ivan Tony has been suspended from all football and football-related activity with immediate effect for eight months. Chelsea are absolutely adamant that Levi Colwell will come back to Chelsea at the end of the season and will be a part of the squad next season. Milan are in advanced talks with Chelsea over signing Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Kendry Pais will become a Chelsea player in 2025. His current club, Independiente de Vele, have confirmed. And finally in the news, Spanish TV show, El Chiringuito, hopefully I've got that right, literally started their post-game show with just three minutes of Real Madrid legend Guti just sitting there looking sad as his team were eliminated. Sky should just do that with Roy Keane after every day a mistake. Just like oh. watch Keane's face just slowly descend into madness. Yeah, I, do you know what I want to see? I want to see what would happen is after a Man United game where De Gea and Maguire have both each making an equally re- egregious mistake, you just you let Roy Keane into one of those rage rooms with a bat <laughs> and, and just see what he does. Oh, I, yeah. It would be absolutely top tier viewing. I would pay to see that. I mean, what? what, or, what? Go on. Or you just let Graham Sooners blame on Pogba again, even though he's not there. He's going to start a podcast soon. Now he's left Sky Sports. He's going to start a podcast just to whinge about Paul Pogba. He should call it the uh, the Pogcast. Oh, brilliant. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, that's... Um... I'm here all week, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what from this week's news has grabbed over your attention with Chelsea? I'm really interested in this Ivan Tony news. I don't know about anyone else. I'm really glad because I wrote a bit about this. So. <laughs> well, why don't you talk about your bit, Mikey? Uh, we haven't actually discussed this off air, I swear. We're, this has actually n- just naturally <laughs> happened. No, we really haven't. So the Ivan Tony battle, certainly it's a hot topic and many of our fans wanted us to make a move for him. Now, I mean, this eighth month ban, one would assume ends any chance of a summer move for him going anywhere. You know, now on social media, I shared my view and it was that Ivan Tony, he's a superb Premier League for He is. He's Look at his records. He's incredible. But I'm not convinced it's particularly beneficial use of our re- club resources to just try and, you know, launch this low ball offer and go, hey, look, Brentford, you know, for someone who will not play for Chelsea till after a lengthy ban. And this is also a player, you know, with respect, he's over 30% of his Premier League goals are from penalties. That's just... Just, just saying, it's difficult. What? How are you feeling on this? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. I mean, again, I think the ban ends on the 16th of January, so they're in mind he's going to have no preseason whatsoever as well. I mean, mm. what's it going to take about a month to get up to speed? Month maybe. So you're looking at mid February for him to. So no, yeah, I, I agree. I think Chelsea should uh, avoid that one at all costs this this summer anyway. Maybe revisit it next summer and see see where he's at. Yeah, it's... you know. What people aren't talking about is how poorly this might actually hurt Brentford. You know, they're not going to have their star. I know there was a good chance they weren't going to have their striker at all for the for next season if he got sold. But now they're they're going to get. You know, they're still going to have to pay him. They're still going to have to do everything they've got to do. But he actually won't get to play, and he won't be fit when he does get to play. And so they don't even have any money to bring in in a replacement. Exactly. Yeah, I think so people it, have missed. It could that hurt as well. Brentford quite a lot. You know. Yeah, I feel. Do you know what? Do you know what? It could hurt them short term, but long term it might help them because 
given I mean what Ivan Tony's twenty seven years of age, is he? I think so. Uh yeah, twenty seven. So when I mean so wise he's gonna be twenty eight next summer probably. So maybe maybe he will sign a new deal there, but it, I, I wouldn't surprise me if because it might strengthen Brentford's hand and say, look, why don't you just sign a new deal here, and then either they get more money from next summer or he, or he just stays there like like Harry Kane does at Tottenham. Mm. So maybe I mean, maybe it's short term pain for long term gain. Maybe yeah, I mean for football going forward, this this I feel this should definitely deter footballers from breaching betting rules in the future. I mean, hey. I know we've seen this before. We like Jerry Barton. I think we had some Kieran Trippier recently and Daniel yep. Sturridge. Now, I mean, right with betting, similar to how in how in the NFL, you know, Calvin Calvin Ridley was given at the time an indefinite ban for betting, and it's or even more recently we've had some players from the Detroit Lions had an indefinite ban, and some of them have just been a season ban. Um, I mean, they've been lifted after serving a year out of the game. Now, 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 my take on players betting whilst being active in the sport is that, it, yes, it has to be punishable and rightly so, because it's. I know the argument I've heard has been, well, it wasn't on games Ivan was involved in. You know, I mean, that's true. We we believe that is true, but it's it's kind of likely that footballers aren't going to be dropping just five pound on a treble or an accumulator like the average fan <laughs> do. It's going to be a lot bigger sum of money and and the yeah, argument... he's not sticking he's not sticking like a tenner on like Ipswich to get promoted is yeah he? both like... teams to score there you know no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the thing I mean this is the argument is what happens if a player gets into a debt you know and and to make that money back they think oh I'm going to start betting on my own games because I can sort of influence this and in the NBA obviously they they've had point shaving and they've had huge, many documented instances of this going down and it's something that the FA and other associations just cannot risk for the integrity of the game. But then you've got the counter argument of, well, look, where's betting advertisements on shirts? It's on the Brentford kit, Sky Bet League One, Sky Bet League Two. Yeah, exactly. That, and I think that's the thing is, is this is obviously a time to say Ivan Tony did a bad thing. He did something he wasn't supposed to do, and now he's being punished for that. Mm. But also, I think it's a chance for us to actually look at the the institutions we have within the game and the, especially um, with, uh, I think it was a recent thing that came out that the, it was a set of clubs that weren't going to uh, do uh, gambling sponsors on their shirts anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I think that the game as a whole is kind of moving away a little bit from this sort of gambling sector um, as it were. And, but I think it's important for the, for, for as you know, as fans of football, not, you know, in terms of players, the rest of it, to sort of look at the institutions we have and look at actually whether the punishment actually fits the crime based on the context of the situation. And I think a lot of people will say that despite the amount of offences, given the context of the situation, the ban on Tony is a little harsh. Mm. I mean, how do you feel about this, Alex? I I, I agree with your take on it, to be honest. Again, I don't understand why, you know, football's a relatively short career anyway, so... You know, why don't you stand all your money and then, you know, if you do want to have a gamble, then obviously everyone's got freedom of choice. They can do what they want. Just, mm. just do, it after your, do it after your career, you know. Obviously, it's a very fine line because obviously you see a lot of bankrupt footballers now because yeah. of gambling. So, you know, you see a lot of them pop up in the news sometimes. You think, oh, I watched him in the Premier League 20 years ago. Now he's now he's mm. like me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> it, it can be a very dangerous slot. I mean, we all know eight out of 20 of our Premier League teams are sponsored by 
betting companies. So there we go. I think, I think I think they they withdraw. They, haven't they collectively agreed to withdraw them now? Though? I believe yes. that, that, yes. that's what I was talking about. They, but, they've recently agreed that they're not going to yeah, be doing yeah. that anymore. Yeah, I think it probably needs to go a little further for me at least. You know, I think you need to see some changes in terms of the advertising hoardings mm, and, and things like yeah. that. I think I'm not saying gambling has no place in football, but I think in a, in in a in a sport that in that has an impression on so many people young exactly. people the players yeah. uh, you know vulnerable people maybe it's best to just keep the vices out of the way you know yeah. what i mean 100% 100% right with that this week's topic started because of a tweet from Barstool football who said edward mendy's rapid rise and fall from grace needs to be studied so today with the help of alex and of course ollie we're going to do just that the rise and fall of edward mendy from a Champions League winning goalkeeper who was voted the keeper of the season in the Champions League, best FIFA men's keeper. And he lifted, of course, the Africa Cup of Nations in a thrilling shootout against Egypt back in 2021. So first, I'll I'll chart his rise before bringing the team in to discuss. And his rise, it's quite a fairy tale, isn't it? You know, he played such a, an integral role in Chelsea's Champions League victory. And he went from being unemployed to being one of the greatest in the world in his position in just six years. So... His story before his time at Chelsea, it's it's the story of the journey to reach the top of the footballing mountain. You know, he was born in Normandy. He started playing in his home country with Cherbourg after attending the renowned Le Havre Academy. He was adored by by the French side, but the two parted together in 2014 after Cherbourg were relegated with obviously his agent pressing for him to sort of leave the club. He then found himself at a, t- a turning point in in his career, really. You know, he was left without a team and considering an alternative path after a number of offers, including a supposed move to an undisclosed English League One club, which apparently fell through. And he was left with the gravity of having a family dawning on him. And he spoke to Goal, and I'll quote here, when one remains unemployed for a year, even with the best will in the world, doubt sets in. We think a lot. We try to weigh the pros and cons to say to ourselves, what's the best situation? Uh, best solution, sorry. I was going to be a father of a family and real questions arose. This is where my entourage played a major role. If I had been badly surrounded, I would surely have stopped football. I cannot thank my family enough, my cousins, all the people who didn't give up on me. So Mendy had obviously been unemployed for a year when his friend and former teammate Ted Levy informed him of an opportunity. And this was following a conversation with Dominique Bernatowicz, the club's goalkeeping coach. That's easy for you to say. I know, I'm dreadful. We all know. We all know. <laughs> um, so Marseille, they were searching for a fourth-choice goalkeeper and they offered Mendy the lifeline. He had, obviously, Mendy had some difficulties during his brief time at Marseille, but he... He took the opportunity when it presented himself and this decision would wind up being literally the crucial launching pad that allowed him to not only restart his career, but also just take it to astronomical heights. He impressed Stoddorem of League Two enough to be signed and his outstanding performances prompted Wren to sign him in 2019 and they he led them to a third place finish and obviously the Champions League with it. So dudes, Alex, when he signed for Chelsea for 22 million, did you feel he would be a, a Kepa replacement or a keeper to just challenge him for that number one jersey? I certainly think thought he could like challenge it, and there was off the basis that he was recommended by Petr Cech. Mm. So, you know, you, you don't really get much of a higher recommendation than that, I suppose, especially he was obviously the uh, sporting director at Chelsea at the time or whatever his official title was at the time. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I thought this guy must be good, otherwise Petr Cech 
wouldn't wouldn't have been recommending. I, I have to admit, I didn't know too much about him before he came in, but but yeah, I, I thought he'd be good on on that basis. Trusting trusting Big Pete. Mm. What do you think? Were, were, were you convinced he'd be straight in number one, Ollie, or did you feel like mm, it's more of a challenge? Well, I was in the peak of my Kepa hate arc at the time. Uh, <laughs> so I was happy for, for anyone to, to be able to take the reins away from him. But similar to what Alex said, I think in terms of, I think it was one of those uh, deals where a lot of people were unsure about it, you know, because relatively sort of semi-unknown goalkeeper from the French League, unsure about him. And then when we saw that he was co-signed by Petr Cech, it, it was exactly that. It was, okay, then this must be the right thing because Big Pete wouldn't let us down in that way. So, mm. you know, from from that perspective, I would say that I, I'm, I don't think I ever necessarily expected him to do as well as he did for Chelsea, but also... He couldn't. I think it was a it was a very shrewd signing at the time, uh, and yeah. some very excellent scouting and talent ID from from uh, from Petter. Yeah, I mean it was it was that debut campaign for Mendy. I mean he equaled the record for the most clean sheets in a, a single Champions League campaign with nine. He joined the likes of Sebastiano Rossi, Santiago Canizares, and Keylor Navas, and he obviously won that award for goalkeeper of the year for UEFA and the best FIFA goalkeeper as one of our team's standout performance as we won our our second Champions League, you know. And then obviously he goes on, he wins a Club World Cup, he contributes significantly to Senegal's first major international championship at the 2022 African Cup of Nations. Uh, it's just sort of, you know, that that second season, you know, it's it's kind of his first full season under Tuchel. He played 34 league games, kept 14 clean sheets. But I, I don't know whether, whether some fans would say you could see a change and that was in the quarterfinal against Real Madrid, where he, he completes quite a shocking fumble. You know, he, he kind of gifts Benzema an easy goal, you know. And then against Leeds United this season, he was at fault again, unfortunately. And then another fumble, another, you know, he had another blunder in a 3-0 loss. You know, Mendy obviously loses his place to Kepa following Tuchel's sacking. He manages to claw back his spot in the team before the World Cup after Kepa suffered an injury. But then... He goes off to the World Cup with Senegal and he manages, he unfortunately, he puts in some poor performances. One memorable one will be, obviously, against Netherlands, almost similar to the one he conceded on just the past weekend against Forest. He, he, missed, he misjudged the shot, didn't he, I think? Yeah, yeah. it was the long, uh, the long ball was coming in and he, yeah. and, he, and he misjudged it. Yeah, Cody Gappo's header. I mean, he suffered, and then he obviously gets, suffers that shoulder injury and he, he hadn't played for Chelsea till last weekend. So he was quite, unfortunately, he was quite rusty, you know, for game time and... Now, what, why do you, what do you think, Alex, that he has fallen so quickly from the mountaintops of this goalkeeping greatness that we saw? Okay, so I'll, I'll be honest in terms of Mendy. And I, I remember I was in a Twitter space last summer. This was when I just joined Twitter. So, you know, I didn't have very many followers at the time. And I, I got accepted on a space by CFC Con. And I, I posed the question to people in there. I said, oh, what do you guys think of Mendy? I don't, you know, I think he's slipping a bit. Because I think even before that, he was, you know, there was that error, the, the West Ham errors. Remember that? The, the, oh, the penalty, wow, yeah. The penalty, the, the penalty he gave away at Everton as well. There was, there, was, there was a few mistakes before then. But again, people didn't really bring him up because it was so near the Champions League things. And, you know, no one was really sort of bringing much attention to it because he was still sort of riding the wave of that. Mm. I watched him for six months after that when people obviously were still riding the, the sort of high. And I, 
something wasn't right for me, and, and that's why I brought up last summer. I, I said to people in there, "Do you think we need a new keeper?" And I, I got absolutely pelted for it. You know, I got, I got I got shut down big time, and I was like, "Okay, well, I won't touch that subject again." And then, <laughs> and then the Leeds game kicked in. This this year, six so was it six seven games into the season? He did that Leeds, you know, the Leeds one. Yeah. And then from then on, it was just, and then more people started picking up on it. And then there was obviously, then your game gets analysed more. And, and I think he made a few more mistakes after that, which obviously led to eventually Kepa getting back in the door. But but yeah, and I think the thing that saves Mendy was his shot stopping. That he obviously, his distribution and speed is not that great. But his shot stopping was really, really good. That's what sort of, you know, got him out of jail. But then you sort of see the, the, the Larvia shot at Southampton. You know, all these weak shots are sort of going past him now. And then that's when you think, ah, oh, the thing that's actually saving him and making him a good keeper is actually slipping now. So, so yeah, uh, that's that's my thoughts. on it. I, I sort of looked at Mendy for a while. And that's, that's why I thought it was quite funny, actually, when you sent me the message the other day saying, oh, you're going to do a Mendy one. And I was thinking, that's quite funny because I was one of the first ones onto <laughs> Mendy a while ago about him. But, but, yeah, and again, I don't know whether it was, you know, the, I mean, some things in life can't be explained. I don't, I don't think looking at our team now, that Champions League run will ever be explained on the team call. It was, yeah, every player was like playing a, playing a 10 out of 10. It was, it was ridiculous, really. I, I mean, I remember Mendy's good, he saved a double save against Liverpool, one against uh, Sadio Mane through on goal, Salah. And there's so, and Benzema as well. He, he saved an incredible, there's so many, and Brentford that come to my mind. But it just seems to, I don't know if it was a confidence thing. I mean, why why do you think, Ollie, that he's fallen just so quickly? It's a really interesting one because like like um, the thing that actually sparked this whole thing is saying that this rise of fall needs to be studied because it's so incredible to see a keeper go from basically the top of the world to bottom of a heap so quickly. And I think partially, I think a lot of it's to do with Maybe there was a there's a lot of change going on around the club. Maybe he doesn't deal with change very well. Maybe it's about the fact that his transition, you know, this transition to having Kepa being goal more has affected him mentally. Maybe his confidence is low. You know, maybe he was just struggling after the the Africa Cup of Nations felt so on top of the world, and he hasn't just quite gotten himself refocused back into his football. I don't know, but I think you know, it, it, I don't think it would be unfair to say that when he was at his absolute peak. He was probably the best shot stopper in the world. Yeah, probably. I think, yeah, I think you know. I think you can you can say what you like about you know Allison with his feet and everything like that. And and obviously Allison's the best keeper in the world. You know, there's no just going that and a, and a keeper can't be just a shot stopper. But Kep, uh, sorry, but Mendy was probably the best shot stopper in the world at the time. And it's so it's interesting to see that then when people started talking about him with the ball at his feet and wanting him to be a more complete keeper, and then people started noticing more and more with his passing. People, uh, you know, he's passing the ball out of play. You know, making mistakes, and it just seems I don't know. I think for me, the goalkeeper position is such a a mentally strenuous position. It's the same as the striker in a lot of ways. Is a lot of the responsibility falls on your shoulders if you make a mistake, mm. and I wonder if he just felt the pressure. And, you know, maybe the confidence that was there before the, that kept him riding so high just isn't there anymore. Mm. What do you think, Alex? I, I agree. I mean, the analogy you used there, you know, a striker will, will miss a few chances in the game, but they're probably going to, you know, if they get another one, they might score it. So the other ones get forgiven. Whereas you make a mistake as a goalkeeper, like, like a big error, you know, your chances are it's probably going to be a goal against you. Whereas you are going to, that's going to stick in your mind. And I, I think that another thing to possibly overlook as well is that 
when Mendy came in, I think his wages were extremely low because of where he came from. So then he got immediately placed as a, as a number one under Lampard, then obviously continued under Tuchel as well. And obviously the contract talks have stalled now, but I think he is under like he is under like a really cheap wage, isn't he? Like what 50, 60, 70 k a week, something like that. It's something like yeah, it's somewhere between like forty and seventy k a week. It's quite yeah. low. And it's yeah, like, for, I, for I can see your point there that league. maybe he's not feeling as appreciated. It's not maybe not dissimilar to the to Mason Mount situation where actually probably is a player who was over overperforming for what he was paid, now struggling and wants a new contract, but it hasn't played himself into form in the way that he would then deserve it and yeah yeah i find that very difficult because retrospectively i think you you know in terms of the sentiment in terms of everything with with mendy you you look at the whole picture and it feel it does feel like his form at the moment is not what he is in the same way that mount Mount's current struggles at the moment. It doesn't feel like that's who he is. It doesn't feel like that's the player he is. I mean, according so, to Capology, yeah. it says he's on 55k a week. Okay, yeah. So quite low, uh, especially, you know, so I can see why maybe he felt undervalued, wanted some more, you know, wanted a, a more fair deal, you know, something that will put him at least in line with Kepper, who was earning, I don't know, twice or three times as much as he is. 150, and, I think. Yeah, so three, almost three times as much. And actually... I I know I would personally say I don't think he's much better Kepper I don't think is a much better goalkeeper than Mendy. I think he's been better this season. I think that's completely, you know, fair enough, but I think actually overall I'm not sure Kepper is a better keeper. I think I he mean, is this season though. I, I mean it was obviously Mendy's saves that were so incredible in that Champions League triumph. I mean, he, he was probably arguably you could say overperforming, you know. We knew when we were thinking oh if we're going to transition to a a play out from the back sort of style he's a bit of a liability of his feet and then obviously save sort of regressed to to a mean I mean his flaws are now sort of become more pronounced it does not obviously help that obviously we've got outfield players that are not really brave enough to keep the ball in their possession and just move forward and every opportunity we get we sort of pass it backwards you know and that that always will cause mistakes they're bound to happen and especially if you get a ball every two minutes and, and the opponent just keeps trying to chase you down, press, you know, it, 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 arguably he was never the best keeper in the world. I know that sounds a bit over the silly to say, considering all those awards, but he was a solid top keeper, especially obviously compared with Kepper at the time. But watching Chelsea games, well, I'd say since that, um, since last season, I, I always since felt... The, since the Africa Cup of Nations, since he came back from yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it, it just sort of felt that our defenders just didn't feel secure. And I think that there were a few players, you know, we touched on this, the Champions League run, they sort of benefited, maybe they benefited from the fact that so many stadiums were empty and the ones that weren't, they limited capacity at the time, of course. So the pressure is significantly higher playing in front of crowds some players cope with that better than others, don't they? Uh, what do you think on that take, Alex? I mean, it could it could certainly play a part. I mean, I I think that certainly helped Chelsea when when that situation was going on, especially you know Real Madrid away and stuff like that. Mm. And and it, with many, so yeah, I mean, also he, he's coming out of the crossing as well. I just that that's so poor. He seems to flap at things. Now. He never when he first came, he didn't flap at crosses, did he? I don't remember him. No, not come on. no. Coming up, but you see him now, and he's very unsure. Of him. I think he's unsure of himself. 
Yeah, you look at the one at the that, weekend, the weekend against Nottingham Forest, where he came out, totally missed it, and then the guy nods it in. Yeah, I, the only thing I I, I want to say is obviously Mendy did make some 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 errors at the weekend, but he hadn't played in ages and he had been really injured. So I, I I'm almost inclined to say I give him a little bit more of a chance, but you know, I, I, as someone who was championing for Mendy to start some games because he was sick of Kepper. Um, I was very disappointed by his performance, and um, and I think it showed me actually that he's not now the player that he was before. And I'll always love him as a player, but I love him for who he was and not who he is. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do. It. I mean, for me, I've I don't know, you might see on Twitter, I posted a few times, especially I think about three three or four months ago. And for me, I just want both of them replaced. I'm I like I'm fed up with both of them to be honest. It's going to cost. You say that, but, but you say that, but you could have. If you get one world class elite keeper in the summer, hmm. you sell both Kepper and Mendy because let's be honest, they're both effectively like not quite first team keepers, but like almost like three quarters of a first I, I think team keeper. Kepper will stay, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't, if you could. <laughs> Yeah, if you yeah, could, though, no, what no I would do is I would no, sell... No one's going to pay his wages, so... Exactly. If I could, what you do is you sell both Kepper and Mendy, bring in an elite keeper, have Slanina deputise under him, and Bettinelli is third choice. It it seems quite simple in, in that regard, but like you say, actually <laughs> actually getting it done in, in terms of selling all the players we have to sell this summer is, is much easier said than done. Yeah, I mean, maybe a swap deal with Spurs for Kane. <laughs> There's Kane. <laughs> we take Harry Kane. Kane for, Spurs for you... 80 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love that. Right. Well, whether we found the rise, whether we studied it enough, I'm sure listeners share your thoughts on why you think Mendy unfortunately went from being a goalkeeping great to, you know, surplus to requirements at Chelsea. We'd be very intrigued to see what your takes are on it. So we're gonna we're gonna do a lion of the week. Oh, so God. Yeah, well, we're on the road, aren't we? We're heading to Manchester. Take on the blue side of the city first before the red. I mean, I mean <laughs> I'm going to let Alex decide. Who, who do you think is going to be a standout player who's not injured? Of course. That seems to All happen. three of them. <laughs> All three. Yeah. So I'm going to slim pickings on this one. Um, Dreadful. I mean, you'd like to think Sterling. I mean, Lampard seems to like him, like him playing. So you'd like to think Sterling go back to his old club. Would we mm-hmm. like Prove a prove a point, maybe a little bit. I don't know, but and he's got two goals at the weekend, so I, I think Sterling will probably start. And so yeah, I, I think you know he'd want to have a good game. So yeah, I'd, I hope I'd back him to have a good game or what? half half good, like half good. If you get if we have the full days, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll that. see about that. <laughs> what, what what do you think, Ollie? You can't have Badia Shield. He's out. He's hurt himself. I know, I saw that today. And do you know what? That ruined my day. It really yeah. did because I'm a big fan of Baddy Ashil <laughs> and every time he plays, he plays well. Um, but I, I don't know if it sounds a little bit more like insult to injury on top of the Mendy discussion, but I think I'm actually going to pick Kepper. Uh, not because <laughs> I think he's going to be wow. it's going to be a good game for us, but I think he's probably going to see a lot of action. Um, right. And okay. if he has yeah, a good yeah, game, yeah. then the, we might keep it down to three or four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm going. I'm, everyone knows my pick. I'm sticking with it. I'm going to the end of the season. Same one. My man, Nani Madueke. I'm I'm confident. <laughs> he's done me well. He's done well. He's been incredible every time he's played. And he's, every time that we talk about him, he watches our stories on Instagram, which is like, I love that. So oh, Nani is a friend of the show. He's incredible. What a man. What a man. What a so, mighty good man. So we're going to move to finally the Lone Army Carousel. 
The game of categories, the rules, multiple answers. The guys give me an answer in turn. The winner will be the last one standing. If you repeat an answer, you're out. And if you take too long, you've got to the end of Jason Cundy asking the question. Has anyone seen Spurs? <laughs> so, gives we've... me life that clip. I, I, do you know what? I make special. I, sometimes it's hard. It, just a little insight, inside baseball for the for the listeners. Sometimes it's not. All, we have to like schedule uh, the podcast, and sometimes it's not always easy to make everyone. I always make sure I'm here on a Friday just to hear <laughs> Jason Cundy say that. Yeah, I love this. Right, so uh, Alex will go first, of course, as the guest of honor. So the question this week. Is Chelsea infamously lost 6-0 against Manchester City in February 2019 at the Etihad. Name the Chelsea starting eleven. As many players, one in turn. There are 11, of course. So, Alex. First up. Yeah. So I, presume it's the, I presume it's the one on the side, isn't it? So, Kappa. Easy one. Uh, Marcus Alonso. Um, I reckon Jorginho. I think I remember him. He was terrible that game. He was indeed. It's a sorry <laughs> team. Um, sorry team. So Hazard. Um, hope he wasn't injured at this time. Kante. Oh, he was. He was fit. Ooh. He was fit. Cool. Uh, okay, tough now. Um, yeah. Oh, got... do you know what? I do you know what I think this is from this game the meme um the meme online Ooh. of um of the two man city players sort of like laughing in between um this player um Gonzalo Higuaín you are right <laughs> he actually played for us we all forget <laughs> well we we didn't have Reese James at that time so it's got to be the current captain now is Pelequeta down to 4 Pedro? I think I've got... Oh! Yeah, it was, was going to be him or William, wasn't it? <laughs> Can't wait. There's two defenders and a midfielder. I'll be kind. Um, So, if it was the sorry one, I think this player came in on the, under Conte, I believe. Rudiger? Two more. Who were the defenders back then? Oh, I'm not sure. I've got another one. I've got, uh, I've got, I think I know. I think I know the other one. But I, won't. I think I'll David Luiz. Oh, <laughs> yeah, one yeah. more. One more. Okay. Um, the midfielder. Yeah, you, said, you, you said midfielder, didn't you? He as is well? indeed. Okay. Uh, it, it's between two in my head, but I don't know who it is. Okay, so again, I'm going to go over. I think he was signed on the content January. Ross Barkley. Oh, Mister Never Skips Leg Day. Oh, that's it beautiful. Is indeed. It is Ross. Ross the Dross. Ross the Dross Barkley. I, I was wondering if it was going to be um, if it was going to be Loftus-Cheek because he was very good under Sarri and I probably would have gone with that and lost. So Yeah, you probably would have. I mean, well, there Good we go. showing for Carousel today. That was really good. Everyone, everyone's, everyone's a winner. I mean, everyone. <laughs> yeah! Oh, everyone's a winner. the real winner are the listeners at home. Exactly. I agree. And, and listeners, that is the end. Oh, of oh, never... you, you made us you, you try and remember names for a 6-0 drubbing. <laughs> I know. Painful. It's just cruel. <laughs> it won't be six this weekend, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Next Friday, it'll be who was on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to thank Alex for his time and being an absolutely awesome voice on today's show. So 
where can our listeners find you and anything you have coming up? Literally, I, I don't. I'm not on any other platforms apart from Twitter. So it's at the Blue Dodger. Um, yeah, latest news and some some controversial opinions. But again, I don't do too many of those because <laughs> I know tw- Twitter's a Twitter's a volatile place. Twitter's sometimes. lovely. Yeah, drop <laughs> yeah, drop yeah, Alex to yeah. follow everybody. <laughs> yes, Honestly, you should. I, Alex is a great place for for aggregated news, really good info. You know, yeah. like a really good opinions on on a lot of the stuff going around the, on the club. I find his takes to be very balanced, and I, I, I learn agree. a lot from from the things he puts out. So 100%. give him a follow. Yeah, hundred percent, guys. Thank you. More than welcome. So treat yourself well, listeners. Enjoy your your weekend, whatever you're doing. We're going to be back Monday. We're going to check out the news and talk all things Manchester City, and we then preview our game against United. So till oh, next God. time. Oh no, till next time. That will be us. Signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.